back to the Shout Louder podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Today's episode is a Revenge of the Psychotronic Man special. I went to the pub with Andy, Big Hands and Matt Woods and uh, yeah, we sunk a few pints, which for those of you who know Revenge will realise that that's a pretty normal thing for us to all do together. It's a little bit of a longer episode and I, I honestly don't think I've ever laughed this much while recording. Um, we got through an enormous amount of topics and had a real laugh while we were at it. We discussed their history as a band, uh, we talked about the origins of their absolutely ridiculous name, we talked about the TNS Records animals, um, about how their made a veil session came about, why they're obsessed with Mr Blobby. We managed to kind of cut it down so there were only a couple of Alan Partridge references, as far as I can tell. But you never know, they might have snuck some in that I don't even know. This is the way that these things go. Um, we talked about, let's see, pretty much everything, even van maintenance and human pyramids. So <laughs> there's plenty to enjoy here. For those of you who don't know Revenge, they are a three-piece of speed punk enthusiasts from Manchester. They've been going for almost 15 years, but they sadly announced earlier this year that they would be splitting up and calling it a day. They're, well, you know, I feel like they've really, really, really made up for it this year. They clearly know that they're going to have a bit of downtime, so they've been packing in gigs around the country. There's been one pretty much every single weekend. I really don't know how these guys fit in, especially around um, working with TNS Records and Manchester Punk Festival, as they do. So they've had a particularly busy year, but they are finishing it all off with one massive celebratory event at Rebellion in Manchester. That's taking place on December the 8th. Now, before you get too excited, it sold out absolutely months ago. So far, Revenge have managed to keep the details of this event relatively secret. They haven't announced any of the bands that are playing so far, apart from, you know, themselves. Uh, and they, there's been a few little surprises and bits and bobs that they've kind of gradually, quietly leaked over Facebook. Uh, we do have an announcement of one band that is going to be playing, though. And if you listen on till the end of the podcast, then you will get an exclusive first insight into that. There is some pretty cool news. And they've also given us a bit more detail about how the event itself is going to run. So listen up until the end to get all the details for that. I'm hoping that I will see a fair few of you at the last gig and, you know, if you're listening to this after December 8th, then, you know, whatever, maybe I'll see you some other time. In the meantime, enjoy our chat with Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. All right, welcome back to the Shout Louder podcast. I am here with Andy and Big Hands from Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. Hello. How are you guys? I'm all right, yeah. Hello. Yeah, everyone okay? Yeah, We've got much. a lot of beer here. I'm quite impressed by the preparation. I'm more <laughs> impressed by this heater I'm sitting next to. We do have an oil heater here. This is pretty decent. And we have one, two, three, four, five, six pints. Yeah. And Matt's not here yet, so that'll soon double. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably not try dismantling that. <laughs> what, the heater? Last time, yeah. we last time we were in this room, we recorded a music video to dismantling the Corbin Charles Press. <laughs> oh, right, um, yeah. okay. Do you do that in here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had no idea. There's right. Probably yeah, hammer marks on the floor somewhere. We let Matt hit with a hammer, <laughs> and then we looked at like the, f the floor's pretty posh in it, <laughs> and then we were, uh, oh shit. <laughs> but it's okay. It's fine. If Steffi listens to this, your floor is fine. Yes, it's fine. <laughs> as long as you don't move that table. Uh, so we are in Gulliver's, in the northern quarter in Manchester, which seems to be where most of the gigs happen nowadays. Kind of, just about. A lot yeah. of gigs. Pier hats. We never. I never go to gigs in Manchester anymore because we're always gigging. But we're well, yeah. always playing. But that's going to change soon. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be. Uh... I'm never going to a gig ever again. 
<laughs> so this is the big news. You guys are breaking up. You announced it earlier this year. Yeah. And we're now in November. So just over a month before the final days come. Yeah, 8th of December. Last yeah. gig. Fair six <sighs> more left. We've actually got a weekend off this weekend. But Have you? Four weekends or five weekends? Only four gigs have we got. Well, we're off this weekend because it's Big Anne's birthday. Yeah. And then uh, the weekend after that, we are at Pie Race. Mm-hmm. We're headlining on Saturday night, which Brilliant. is going to be nice. Festival in Leeds. First time we've been trusted to headline it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the week after that, we're playing in Stafford, which is where we grew up. I was going to say, was it both of you who grew up there? I knew, I knew yeah. you grew up there. We both were you Stoke school boy there. as well? Well, I was born in Stoke, but I went to school in Stafford. Right, okay. Oh yeah, I lived. My mum and dad lived like pretty near Stafford Town Centre. So these were quite all like foreign areas to me, but I seem to be going to gigs there now. Yeah, well, Neil in Stafford has set up an amazing venue. It's the like, Red Room. Yeah, yeah. So when we were kids, like we used to put on gigs in Stafford, and you used to be able to get shitloads of people to go to a Firkin gig or something. Yeah. And then it was just turned into a ghost town. It's a, like it was a big factory town when we were kids, and now we're old. It's quite different. <laughs> so there's like there used to be loads of factories there, and now there's only two or three. Yeah. So it's just a bit of a ghost town now when you go out there. But we all set up Red The venue's Rum amazing. And, uh, and people travel for for gigs there. Like when we were kids, there was so... Well, there was a uni. The uni shut down as well. So there was loads of people who lived there anyway and the uni. So yeah. you used to get busy gigs. But I think it helps that the Midlands hasn't got a great scene for gigs. Do you know, I've wondered about that. There seems to be so, a real lack in the middle. Yeah. There's some stuff that happens in Birmingham. There's little pockets of it. Yeah. But in general... There's not a great deal. But so I think me, that helps like, Stafford a bit because obviously people travel to it then. And definitely if you're touring as well, that's got to be a real help having that bang in the middle. Yeah, yeah. although we kind of stopped touring the UK because we realised that if you can be asked to spend all weekend in a van, you can do Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And they're always going to be better gigs on Friday, Saturday, which I think probably a lot of bands, that might be an age thing, I guess, but a lot of bands seem to do that. Obviously, if you traveling to the UK from another country you can't do that but no, yeah. we find we we just have better gigs if you stick to Friday and Saturday and you're not dying at work either we probably are I can't remember a Monday at work where I felt okay <laughs> ever I think I genuinely feel worse now that I'm working Monday to Friday and working gigs than I did yeah. when I was working weekends and gigging and then going to work at six in the morning shit because I don't get me day week week off the days off in the week to recover now no you so just run straight like through right? Monday to Friday work Saturday <laughs> Sunday gigs yeah. Friday Saturday gigs well you guys have been going for so many years that you must have seen things change a little bit as well so did you used to do week long tours and now you tend to do weekenders or I think well, yeah when we started it was I, I literally when we first started gigging phoned up venues on landlines <laughs> you know really yeah like I mean we're both 40 next year and I guess we started being in a band when we were 18. Yeah. We started touring properly when we were like 23, 24, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you phone up venues. You do... Social media was nothing when we first started touring. You, it was... if you Did you even have MySpace for, at that sort of time? Before MySpace, yeah. really, wasn't it? Or before MySpace. I think MySpace. that came through not long after we started yeah, touring. Mostly but... email, though, or yeah. text messages. And um, the most ridiculous thing when we first started touring was you'd actually have to print off directions and someone would have to stay awake <laughs> in the passenger seat or sober and go... <laughs> and actually and then you'd always go, oh, we were supposed to come off the motorway like... 
about half hour ago. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't redirect you. <laughs> I remember like we'd go to York on the early tours and we were coming from down south and um, yeah. just going, let's just go to the centre of York and then just ask people where it is. <laughs> Shit. Um, that sounds so different. Like, Yeah. That makes it sound like life's a lot easier now. It, less fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find you're turning up to stuff on time more often? Or? We're normally quite good at that because we like to see all the sport bands. You're always there so, early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We try to get there as early as we can. Uh, yeah. I've had that noted before. We did Dugstock earlier in the year, right? And I remember one of the promoters turning around to me and being like, Revenge, they've come all the way from Manchester and they're the first people through the door. Like, definitely nothing to do with wanting to make the most of the drinking all day. No, no. <laughs> I mean, we definitely weren't the last to leave either, <laughs> well after the bands had finished. Oh yeah, well, for me, right. <laughs> well, we and were I, babysitting gear, though, weren't we? That yeah. We stayed in the pub to look after all the bands. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah definitely, that was the only reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if anyone nicked my base cab, fair play to them, they can have it. <laughs> but, um, I've, I've openly been encouraging people to steal your base cab. <laughs> But on a serious note, like for us, that's always been a big thing. It's not just been about playing a gig. Like, I think it's really important to watch other bands because it supports community. But I just want to watch other bands anyway. Well, yeah, it's not right, a yeah. If I go to a gig, I want to watch bands. I've never like wanted to go to a gig and just play our set and hide away somewhere. I've always wanted to be right at the front watching every band. And I've, I've loved that. That's well, yeah. one of the best things about That's seeing the in this fun, band. Though, isn't it? You well, know. you're going to have to help me out with your memories being better than mine, but the amount of you know, bands that we've just randomly seen at gigs that we didn't know yeah, anything yeah. about. I mean, I know you did on before, but I'll never forget the first time I saw Beat the Red Light. I was just like, yeah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> and we, I wouldn't have seen them if we hadn't been there from the beginning. Well, no. Yeah, they were. They blagged on to a gig we were playing in North Wales. And... Um, I'd heard some tracks. I li- I picked up the Beat Red Light EP in all ages, and it said Imagine Slayer covering the Slackers. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is either going to be hilarious or brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's it the one description. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it, I was like, I thought this is amazing, and I, yeah. I said, Oh, that that uh, metal scar band, they're they're flagged onto our gig. Well, um, we need to be there at the start and watch them. And it was about five of us and a few people from the other bands and the promoter. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, then they end up on TNS. I was going to say, they, re- they put out the uh, EP again through TNS as well, right? Yeah, did it through so Beer Belly first? Them, well, with the help of a label they knew. but Yeah, I think it was Beer Belly and Loz who did that, but yeah, then you guys picked it up. Yeah. And then they had loads of spare covers, and we started talking about doing an album. And then um, they were like, we've got any of these covers. So we just reprinted the back. And, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. EP is <laughs> the worst thing when I get a sale through TNS for it. Because it's still separated with CDs, front cover, inlay. And oh plastic. no! <laughs> Every time an order comes through, I have to put it together, or they're just chucking it in an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> have you got any other like old ones like that still, or is no, that? That's the, the only one. No, that's the, the only one. Ever been like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we used to swap Christ, stock that was with time, um, okay. other labels, and we used to take them out the plastic cases and to save on postage. And then we soon realised that was a waste of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not spending three hours taking a CD. I'll pay four quid more. <laughs> yeah, Better than sure. putting stickers on CDRs and well, making a it, hole like, through the middle of the CD with a change. pen. <laughs> we were in a band called McGraw yeah. when we were before Revenge. And we we never really got far out of the Midlands. We did a bit in Manchester. But um, yeah, we... We were doing okay. We were like had a couple of features in Kerrang and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, we literally spent hours and hours 
cutting out plastic labels to stick onto CDs yeah. and cutting up the CD covers ourselves. Well, it was stickers, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. We had a load of stickers. So we were sticking stickers onto the CD. What, like circular ones? Yeah. Uh, well, I think they were square, but yeah. They, 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 just, they, no, they, yeah. Was, they were them... Uh, because you used to get circular CDs. Oh, no, that, that before could... that, though. Oh, the before that. Before that, we had these circle stickers that I pr- oh, printed yeah. a tennis ball onto. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then it fitted the CD, exactly. But yeah, then I had to make a hole through the middle with a pen. Oh, they used to <laughs> they used to have ones that you could literally print out that were the shape and size of a CD. Oh, we weren't that. No, the tennis ball ones were that. Oh, yeah. really? They were that, yeah. Um, weirdly, my when I was younger, uh, this is really going back to like school days but um my dad used to get well this was before like everyone had cd burners it was when a couple of people had them yeah. and he had a cd burner so that when he got a new album he would print out like 15 copies of it and sell them for a tenner a piece at work <laughs> and i remember we had the cd labels that we used to print and i used to go and sell them at school <laughs> for a tenner like, <laughs> oh, and then yeah. off that i used to get like a fiver and my dad would get a fiver it's <laughs> like, my like, way of making pocket market money. Still, penkridge market there used to be millions of like <laughs> of them <laughs> and they were like a, a fiver because cd was like 15 yeah, good, wasn't yeah. it when we were growing up mm. and uh, that's well, CDs like always were but now they're almost completely dying out aren't yeah. they and oh, you know what's really harrowing have you ever tried to sell any of your CDs no I couldn't no. I'm such a hoarder I couldn't do it <laughs> really? yeah Kaz said the other week when we were clearing out the front bedroom she's like you could just get rid of all those CDs I was like I could <laughs> I'm not yeah, going no. to yeah. <laughs> but you never listen to them so <laughs> we put them all in boxes I'm like no no they're staying on the wall <laughs> it's non-negotiable well, Chris isn't your house like full of TNS merch anyway oh that's the garage yeah the, the house is the house just gets filled up when we have to start packing stuff but yeah, most right, in the garage. I think at one point I came around you had all the MPF stuff in your spare bedroom oh or whatever. god that's like, a, a lovely couple of weeks and stacks and stacks <laughs> I do not envy your job at all <laughs> Too cats much love stuff. it though MPF yeah. times cats cats playgrounds loads it. of stuff <laughs> Lots it's a boxes. matter of time before one of them makes it to MPF by accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what if you accidentally sold someone a cat? <laughs> That's a great day. Um, but no, so things have massively changed over the years. I will ask you guys a little bit in a bit about the history of Revenge, but what about the last few gigs that you've done? Have, have you found things different in the final shows? Or? A bit, a bit of a mix, isn't it? Yeah, I think when we first announced it, the first gig we did after we announced it was in Norwich, then it did definitely add a load onto our crowd. Yeah. And I think there's been quite a few that have been like that, but we've still had a handful where they've been relatively quiet. It's, well, it's punk gigs, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you know. that's it. And punk gigs have always been inconsistent. But in general, like the places we've always had a decent following, um, the, there has been a bigger crowd. To be fair, I got really gone for it as well. The impression from the last few gigs that you've done, particularly that you've obviously picked the places that you love playing oh, yeah. as well, right? We did. Yeah. We yeah. we had a list of places we wanted to play, but then we played a few a handful of new places or places we haven't played loads because people have really wanted been keen for yeah. us to play. So and it's nice to do that. Well I think it? when we first started discussing it we did say let's Let's make sure we play all the places that people have looked after us and the, the proper venues good ones. we want to go for yeah. one last time. And then we looked at the calendar and we thought, right, let's not go mental with it or else it kind of dilutes it a bit. <laughs> yeah. And then we just booked all the weekends up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been doing let's pretty much <laughs> every weekend, right? Um, yeah, we've, it's been one of our busiest years since we announced it. Yeah, for sure. You guys have been all over the place. It's been ace, though. Um, 
you must have seen all the old people as well have you yeah. had like some faces coming out that you've not seen for a few yeah, years yeah absolutely loads yeah? actually it's been really nice though. and like I don't know as cheesy as it sounds like doing it this way like loads of people made a big effort to come out and say goodbye to the band obviously we'll see them as individuals as people yeah, yeah. yeah but it's been really nice it's like it's it's really humbling that people actually care about your shitty little punk band yeah but of course they do and you guys have worked really hard for a long time to kind of gain that as well i think yeah, I don't think anyone can say we've not worked hard. You worked really hard. You guys have been yeah, so fifteen years? Over fifteen years? Fourteen. Oh, could yeah, you not could you not hold on? There was a discussion. He's had to convince us to get to fifteen because MPF would be our fifteenth year yeah, birthday because yeah. TNS, um, the first ever TNS ended up being the first ever revenge gig. And we were supposed to play as McGraw. Oh, and he did the ten but years. Then McGraw split up and then we so we ended up, we didn't even have a proper set. Two bands pulled out on the day. We didn't have a band name. So we went, we went, let's just play. Let's just do it. We've got about six or seven songs. Right. And then we found the, the DVD in the pound shop and went, just call it that for one night. Yeah. So the first TNS gig and the first revenge gig were the first night. And then after the 10 years of TNS, we were like, we can't go back down to a smaller gig after doing no, the 10 yeah. year anniversary. Let's do something bigger. So we started the collective and then so yeah. yeah mbf is revenge tns birthday as well yeah exactly oh i do you know that didn't even occur to me that the first <laughs> like revenge would have been the sort of first tns as well yeah, so i came for tns 10 year and yeah no i didn't realize that was the same mm. time oh yeah, how nice quite weird, that mm. <laughs> so yeah big ants tried to convince me to keep going to mpf <laughs> I like the fact that you're both wearing matching MPF hoodies. Um, and also, I had that on and changed out of it earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we could have all been matching around this table. Um, let's play a song to break things up a little bit. Now, we've got a few different options. Should we go for one of the newer ones? What about the latest single? Okay, let's do Should that. Should the OCD and me say do it chronologically? But... So let's, um... do, you, do you want to do that chronologically? So oh, don't ask me. Yeah, the, the, the problem with this is... There's absolutely no way Big Ants will know what order it is. Oh, in that's easy. Oh, it depends oh, on which one we choose. I would have thought. Well, what's on so there? So I reckon we go with Planet Earth Two because it is. Um, we recorded two songs, Planet Earth Two and yeah. um, Fake News, and they were going to be on a split seven-inch with Wonk unit. Yeah. And then we got chatting with Wonk about how ridiculously expensive it was to do a seven-inch, and then we were going to do a split album. And then we made the decision, so that never materialised. <laughs> right, so okay. um, they, it ended up on the, um, that was just a noise, which is like a, I guess. Well, it's your I final. To say a best of. <laughs> it's it's almost a best of. It's kind of a final album, isn't yeah. it? It's it, to me, it's more of a. Regardless of whether it's your best of, it's kind of a summary of your entire history yeah. as a band, right? Some of your favourite tracks. There's some remixes on there. You've got a couple of new ones. Yeah, we put some rare stuff on as well. Yeah, covers really and the dance what the stuff. thought process was of what went on it. I think we sort of just made a list of what yeah. we wanted. I'm yeah. more interested we all made to a know. List um... And then um, we went with mine, but I told everyone we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not actually true. Well. <laughs> just steamrolled that decision. I'm more interested to know what went into the, the thought process that went into the cover, which um, is what just... like it's. It's like a kind of moonscape with a dinosaur. Actually, it's more pretentious than that. Oh, here we go. I was was doing a collage lesson at work because I'm an art teacher Mm -hmm. and I was looking at all these contemporary collage artists and I'm really into collage anyway. And so I thought quite like the idea of the sort of Peter Blake type collage where there's loads of characters and then 
I thought with revenge probably better if it's animals and then I just yeah. put out a sort of jokey message and do you want your pet on this cover and the response was uh, pretty ridiculous <laughs> is it the inlay or the back that's totally pets yeah the back's totally the pets with us around yeah. them and then um, I don't think anyone's got a pet dinosaur so the front is different the front's a dinosaur yeah. but, there, um, a there is the a cow on the back which is a genuine pet my friend Kate her parents <laughs> have got like this rescue farm right so it's not like a working farm it's like um, full of rescue animals they're, they're I think it was their her grandparents had it as a proper farm, but then it's just this rescue farm now. So they've got pet cows. So that cow is someone's pet. Right, okay. <laughs> so, good. Right, so pets including cows on the back cover. I'm yeah. really glad I asked, you know. Um. I don't think you did. I think we just saw it's it. A, it's oh, a I did ask. Yeah. Right, it's a very moving story. Oh, oh God, let's play a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Planet Earth 2. that was Planet Earth 2 obviously by Revenge of the Psychotronic Man I feel like that's the longest name in the world uh, how did you how did that happen? well it, like we were saying before so uh, didn't we have didn't a have a band name and yeah. we just um, found this DVD in a pound shop and we were only going to call <laughs> it that for one night Right. and then loads of people liked it and they were like you've got to stick with that and yeah. me and Dave our old guitarist we were going come on it's funny isn't it let's stick with it and then um, I was like, some people won't listen to us when they see that band name, it'll annoy them. And they yeah, yeah. I know that's funny, isn't it? And it yeah. is kind of funny. <laughs> it is. Um, but it seems to have had the other effect. Yeah. Like, people, <laughs> yeah, there's people who say they've only listened to us because they saw that band name and went, I've got to find out what this sounds like. And some yeah, of, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Some of the things that have come from it have just been outstanding. Like, um, we, had, we got contacted by uh, a couple of lads in America who were doing a, like, was it like an anniversary remastered version of the film or something right and they'd started researching <laughs> revenge of the psychotronic man right and the first thing that comes up on google because of how you were, much yeah. we uh, push everything on the internet um, <laughs> yeah. came up with us 
so they contacted us and they were like, right. <laughs> so hang on, you've like you've outreached the film now. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It gets better than <laughs> <laughs> So you're gonna have to correct me if I get this in the wrong order. But anyway, they said um, right, yeah, we're doing all the research on this, blah blah blah, and they wanted to make us a music video. Yeah. Um, so they did this music video for us that basically just consists of loads of snippet of the film Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. Brilliant. Which it's probably worth watching the music video more than it is the movie. I'll be honest. But um, <laughs> oi! <laughs> <laughs> there might it be sums some like it up into yeah. two minutes. They might be listening to this. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely an interesting movie. Um, I've got a funny story about that, but I'll let you finish this one. <laughs> but the uh, the best thing about it was is that uh, they started speaking to the director and actor um, from the film and telling him like, oh, we found this band in the UK. Yeah called the band name uh, after the movie yeah and uh, apparently this guy was i don't know if he was dying at the time but he, he was you know he wasn't he too wasn't well. happy sort of thing and he wasn't well or whatever and as soon as they told him about us it was like the best thing he'd heard in ages and he was like oh this is amazing yeah so we sent him some cds and t-shirt over and we got photos of him wearing the t-shirt and all this kind what? of stuff yeah, he's lovely he's such a nice guy <laughs> um and then to even further than that, when he uh, did die at his funeral, that's he did a eulogy, um, basically saying that we, like, really perked up his life towards the end of it. And he was really <laughs> happy that we'd done all this. Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. We only picked the name because we saw it in a pound shop. <laughs> <laughs> There's loads of weird things that happened that. Because, right. I mean, that's a really lovely story. I was totally touched by that. <laughs> that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, he... We'd, we'd done this interview and someone had said, is the film any good? And Dave, our old guitarist, said, no, it's awful, don't watch it. And it was someone <laughs> oh, we knew and I went, could you just change that answer because something brilliant's happened. <laughs> 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 and they did. <laughs> I wanted them to cross it out. <laughs> That's the best reason to change up an interview. <laughs> no, joking aside, it, it, like, it's not a rubbish film, but it's... Um, yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, the, the coincidence that happened that's really wicked is... The, the film in itself, I was like, it's a bit of a throwaway yeah. Z-list film. But then because I got a bit obsessed with it because of the band and I started collecting all memorabilia and stuff. Well, yeah. And there's this thing called the Psychotronic Film Guide, which apparently Quentin Tarantino gets find, use it to find films to, right, to yeah. take influence from because he's a really influenced by that sort of B-moves type of film. Mm. Um, but they also, they were trying to get um, streets closed down in... in Chicago when they were filming police chases for the film and stuff and they couldn't get them closed down so they just did it themselves they just like actually just <laughs> they just closed streets the street themselves and just film it <laughs> so it's got like this real DIY ethos to it yeah, yeah. an absolute co- complete coincidence a complete fluke but it's just really lovely. That's <laughs> mad. They weren't as rebellious as it sounds, though, because even in this car chase, they were using their indicators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really, you you really reshoot it. You're an idiot. That's brilliant. And then the other weird thing that happened about um, the whole film, it's yeah. just around the corner that, um, from where we're sitting now, there used to be like these market stores where they sold your dad probably weren't there actually selling like DVDs for a pound <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and um, it got knocked down um, and our overall guitarist Liam said he was yeah. walking past it was all rubble <laughs> and then the, that film was just sticking up out the rubble <laughs> <laughs> you're joking that's fantastic Brilliant. survives all <laughs> Sticking up out the rubble. Yeah. Sticking about the rubble of rebellion. That was just annoying. 
I realised that uh, you've got the last show coming up and I'm planning on doing something the next day. And then I realised that and just thought, no, there's there's nothing that's going to happen the day after that, is there? I've got two days off after that. That's, that's wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so Revenge of the Psychotronic Man came about in a bit of a strange way. I think something that was confusing for me was that when I first saw you, I thought you were just called Revenge because everyone just calls you Revenge. And then I thought you were a different band. And then I realised that when I saw Revenge and the acronym as well, that it's the same people. And it did get me a bit mixed up. Have you had any confusion over the years? Yeah, like, we've had many we've different had names. Revenge of the Psychotropic Man. Psychotropic? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. But, Isn't um, that so we always used to put Revenge of dot, dot, dot. And that's another weird in-joke as well, because my mate, um, who was in McGraw, Adam, he um, used to go on about how the murder of Rosa Luxemburg was shortened it to murder of dot dot mm-hmm. dot so I was like let's do that because it would yeah. be a ridiculous thing done really pretentiously and um, one <laughs> person will get that and that'll be me <laughs> and everyone else will just go you're pretty often called revenge of dot 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 yeah, though yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been pushing it and pushing it <laughs> <laughs> just to amuse myself and Adam <laughs> R-O-T-P-M is probably more than R-P-M isn't it you it took me a while I remember oh, what was it there was a Manchester show that said um and I remember, I remember standing, looking at this poster, going, "Rotterdam, Rotterdam, 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 what?" <laughs> and then going, "Oh, fuck!" Even um, I remember you guys did a Wonk Fest a while ago, I think, and looking at the lineup and being like, "Who's on next?" And then look, knowing that you were playing, but still not working out what the fucking acronym meant, and being like, "Who the fuck?" Oh, it's Revenge. Shit. Right. Wait until just one doesn't... of us starts a new band, which also has a long name, and then it'll be. Whatever the long name is, featuring members. Of <laughs> well, on that note, I think the greatest thing that's ever happened to this band is that a few years ago, um, Steve Lamack picked one of our tracks. Yes. On, on, as one of his five favourite independent tracks of that year. And there was this award ceremony called the AIM Award Ceremony, which yep. we incidentally didn't get invited to, which is disgusting, really. <laughs> but Steve Lamack picked five songs, and Hugh Stevens picked five songs. Yeah. We Steve Lamack. Um, Enter Shikari <laughs> were on it. We are on a split with Enter Shikari. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, they're on it. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I was imagining all the sort of people who would go to a music awards ceremony getting this this vinyl with five tracks from Hugh and five tracks from Steve Lamar, and um, looking at it, going, "Oh, I wonder who's on this." Or Enter Shikari. Yeah. Or Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. Look at me. I'm a fucking tiger. <laughs> And the thought of some schmoozy music industry person <laughs> reading that absolutely kills me. <laughs> Can't imagine why we didn't get the problem. <laughs> yeah, who, who are these dicks? <laughs> so, hang on, you did a Made of Veil session as well, right? Yeah, that was... And isn't schmoozy. that on vinyl too? Yes. Yeah. I say that, I've got a copy of it. I know it's on vinyl. I once used it as a mouse mat and I'd like to apologise for that. Sorry, um, right. you can listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> you can't, we're not allowed <laughs> to put it on. <laughs> okay, you can't. <laughs> How did you uh, wind up doing a Made of Ale session? Um, they, the Radio 1 Pump Show started playing a bit of TNS type stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Faced Idea did one as well. And um, they've always... Well, they were always they keen to support smaller bands like, you know, bands like Random Man and Petty Bone and stuff. They got yeah. to play Leeds and Reading and stuff, and, yeah. which yeah. is pretty amazing. Um, so they played us a few times, and um, Dave King, the producer, was just like, every time they played you, they'd get in touch and say, you need to submit the lyrics. Um, so 
because it's on Radio One, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so I just replied to him one day because we're friends on Facebook and stuff, because some planers, and said, "Oh, you ever want us to do a made of ale session? We'd love to." And then he went, "Yeah, I'd love that. Actually, it'd be amazing. I'd love to get you in." He said, "I'll be in touch." <laughs> Left it a few months and thought it's probably not going to happen, is it? They've got no, the gallows yeah, yeah. and the Bronx and stuff. <laughs> and then, um, but I thought I'll just just say, "Oh, ever what us for that made of ale session? Let me know." He said, yeah, yeah, still in my mind. And then, right. <laughs> and then months and months later, I just got a message from Dave and just said, when can you do then? Got space now. What? And I was like, oh, this, this is actually happening. <laughs> I thought he was just like being nice. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, of course. I told you I wanted it to happen. And then, yeah. It was literally the point where we just thought, that's ah, not going to happen. Yeah, well, you just thought they were being nice. They liked us enough to play us. But... like, come on, you've let Fate Star Day do one. You've got to let us do one. <laughs> So yeah, we, they asked us to do one. It's it's amazing, really. We got to go down there and yeah, um, yeah. And that's the Steve the Mac stuff come from that because one there was two guys working on it, and one of them said, "Oh, um, Steve the Mac um, really like this. He's been talking about wanting to hear a good like British contemporary punk band." <laughs> so it was really coincidental because we did that, and then this producer was in the pub. With, we give him a few CDs. This producer was in the pub with. Steve Lamack a couple of weeks later give the CD Steve Lamack got asked to pick five bands a week or so after that and <laughs> luckily we that you know, if we got it, it um, if he got it a year before he might have forgotten completely about it but yeah like, he probably didn't actually like it it was just the fact that he got asked to pick five bands and, <laughs> and that was in front of him the last <laughs> <name is five>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this name seems to have stuck in my head. Is it, isn't that how all of this works though? <laughs> he, he played us on six music and yeah was, I got like my phone was going ridiculous like I could just hear it buzzing and then um, I went and checked my message and I had about 10 people texting me saying oh you're on 6 music now <laughs> and Steve the Matt went oh I love this album he went it's hard work finding one that I'm allowed to play <laughs> <laughs> and he went for look at me I'm a fucking tight no well that <laughs> wasn't he didn't play that on the radio he played something else I was going to say the four <laughs> tracks we did at Made of Air were literally the only four tracks we had about swearing in there was no thought processing. It's not because we like them. We only had three tracks without swearing it. How how did all the animal stuff first get started? Actually, uh, can I? I'm just well, going to throw in as well. My introduction to the animals, like I was aware that they were. I had TNS T-shirts with like animals and stuff on, but the one thing I really remember was the TNS ten-year-old day that our friend Kim had made a cake with a lot of small animals on and i remember walking in seeing the cake and being like okay there's an in joke here that i've it was actually a pyramid of animals it was a pyramid it was, a pyramid <laughs> of animals. Were in the pyramid it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I remember thinking there's definitely an animal thing going on here but not knowing where it had come from at the time well i've always been like into like attenborough and stuff and then um when i did art at uni i liked collage i did a lot of work with collage and um I liked getting old, like, animal encyclopedias and um, animal magazines with, like, really yeah. grainy footage and stuff. like. And so I used to use them for collage material. And then um, we started going Rebellion. And there's, on the front seafront in Rebellion, uh, well, Blackpool, yeah. there's um, these cheesy T-shirt shops where you can pick, a, uh, like, a cheesy print of an animal and get your name put above it. And Excellent. We, a load of us thought this was quite funny, so we kept getting like <laughs> these t-shirts printed, like a horse with a rope frame and like Andy right. above it and stuff. So when I, he says I, that, everybody had Andy written above it. it like oh, yeah. everyone had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, people had their own It was just Andy. Yeah. Yeah. At that moment, I realised that this was all a dream. 
But yeah, so that's kind of where it come from. So like right. I'd always done like collage type images with animals on, and then and then me and Bev got talking about it, and Bev went, I, I like animals because they look funny. <laughs> 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 you know, they are, aren't they? Animals are. Animals are the funniest thing. I think, to this day, my favourite T-shirt is the one with the massive shark on it with the mainstream music is shit. That's just a brilliant... See, so that that's a brilliant piece of clothing, that is. That and some of the Revenge T-shirts are actually um, developed from the Blackpool Seafront shirts. <laughs> so I just basically turned Blackpool Seafront shirts into like um, TNS or Revenge that's really merch. not even the beginning of the ridiculous merch that you've done though is it like no, no, no. in the slightest <laughs> we are actually ridiculous the, we're, we're going to sit down in, in like after the last day and go what the fuck are we <laughs> you know how people talk about like the stories that you tell your grandkids I think it's not even going to be you telling your grandkids it's going to be you trying to explain to them yeah. and no, them not comprehending in the slightest why you might have decided that a t-shirt where if you lifted it up it had Mr. Blobby's head on the inside was a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah, no, it was. It sold very well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really plasticky on your stomach. It didn't translate very well in Europe, did it? Yeah, yeah with this guy in Australia went, what is it with this, um, what do you call it? Mr. Humpty Dumpty. Mr. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Mr. Humpty Dumpty. Oh, my God. Um, well, that, that's, I, we've always liked ludicrous things, don't we? We got into a... <laughs> Like a YouTube cycle of watching Mr. Blobby, and we're like, how does how was that primetime TV? It's like ludic- people like the ludicrous; they love it. They like really silly stuff, and uh, as well with merch, like the number of venues that I go to. I mean, I was in, you know, I go to anywhere in the UK, but I was in Belgium a while back in a youth club, and they've got a Revenge of the Psychotronic Man boost boost time clock on the wall already. Like the they're everywhere. Really, the one I really wanted to do, we never got around to doing it because of price. I wanted to get a load of uh, beer towels done for venues with the support you local venue on. Oh. We looked into it and it was just ridiculous money-wise. They'd have been like 20 quid a pop sort of thing. Ben Hannah suggested we got pocket watches on chains mm. which don't tell the time. You just open them and they say boost time. So I looked into that but they oh. were like going to be 30 quid. What about... Um, on the note of boost time, I've been trying to train my Google Home that when I ask it what the time is, it, it says, says boost it's time. fucking boost time, but it won't work. It just keeps telling me the time. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, I mean, obviously Revenge is ending, but TNS is still going. What about support your local venues, like coasters, bar mats? Support local venues was a uh, revenge thing. Though. I know. We could do that. But you get away with it. I know. I mean, it is probably one and the same, but I am hoping that we'll merge sort of funds our retirement. Uh, <laughs> you think we're getting to retirement? Are you serious? You, I, I'm sure. <laughs> did, didn't we say the other day that you're just hoping that you break even? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're close. Well, at least we've got to make money after it. It's <laughs> on <laughs> the uh, lucrative reform tour. We'll just sell loads more t-shirts. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Let's um, let's throw in another tune as well. I believe that Matt Woods might join us in the near future as well. Potentially. You're going to be shocked by this. Matt Woods forgot that we're recording this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So he's gone in to feed his cat. And, <laughs> and be, then he's going to come join us soon. in the pub. <laughs> um, but let's play another tune. So, ooh, see, because you said chronologically, I almost want to go back in time. I still can't read your writing, so there's no point in asking me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, especially not upside uh, down. I let's, know go, let's go another way on the subject of booze time clocks on the wall, because we were in Albor yes. on Saturday. Okay, we can talk about that. And we played that, at no. 1000 Freed, which is officially our favourite venue in the world. It's a community-run venue. But they um, had, in their office, they had... Um, lyrics from some of their favourite um, songs that were about that yeah. sort of ethos about working as a community about um, doing positive things and 
stuff like that. And we were proper humble because they had the lyrics were another way on that collection. No. So, yeah, and they had a boost time clock on the wall. So they, they get the, um, Is there they get the balance between the ludicrous <laughs> and the um, ever so slightly, um, we'll pretend we've got some integrity. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, then. So another way by revenge. That was Another Way by Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. We now have Matt Woods with us as well. Hello. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. We've also gained quite a few more pints. Very good. We've, we've done well here on the beer front, I think. <laughs> but, you know, it is always fucking booze time in your world, isn't it? Right? Is it yeah. constantly booze time? Cheers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason we played that was because it's up on the wall in... Is it Thousand Freed? Is that what it's called? In yeah. Yeah. So we played there on Saturday... It's a really cool venue. So yeah. tell me a little bit about, about Denmark as well. You went over there this weekend. You brought quite a lot of people with you. Yeah, that was really nice, wasn't it? <laughs> Loads of people. We had to... Well, we were talking before about there was a few places we needed to play on the last run. Yeah. And um, the people from Five Feet Under released quite a, little, a lot of music for us. So yeah, we really sure. wanted to go and play in Denmark again. And... Um, yeah, load of, we just threw it out there. Does anyone want to come? And a load of people got flights. <laughs> yeah. So in Copenhagen, I think there was like 27 people from England. That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> but there was, you gave a proper shout out in like, what, March, I think? Just going, does anyone want to come to Denmark with us? Yeah, we booked our flights while they were cheap. And then yeah. did a shout out and let everyone else buy theirs. <laughs> Watch the prices rise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They were like 30 quid to begin with. We were really expecting anyone to come. <laughs> <laughs> so you did a gig in Copenhagen to begin with that was super busy, was it? I saw some of the photos and they looked pretty amazing. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a really cool venue. Well, I think the big difference in when you go like somewhere like Denmark is the venues, isn't it? The proper funded. Um, like, so the venue in De- um, Copenhagen had like a cinema and stuff mm. and a theatre. Which really nice. That's pretty cool. And then 1003 in um, Aalborg has got, it's just like the perfect venue really, isn't it? You just go there and you think this needs to be in Manchester. <laughs> you know, if, well, I mean, they get some funding and stuff. I don't know if we'd ever get that here. Um, but it's amazing. So um, Trolls from uh, Five Feet Under and Mighty Midgets and Collapse, he is one of the managers there. Yeah, and and yeah. he 
yeah, you put a load of lyrics on the wall. Oh. Another way was one of them, which was oh. very nice. That's sweet. And I saw you had the TNS uh, How to Support a Small Label flyer up on the wall oh, yeah. there too. Yeah. You guys are everywhere. Like Mostly rash. Denmark. Yeah, well. <laughs> Mostly Denmark. Manchester and Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there's like stickers all over the place as well. It's staggering the number of like places I see revenge stickers or patches and things like that. I remember going to Slam Dunk a while ago and I had an It's Fucking Booze Time patch on the back of my jacket and some random guy in like a suit come up to me and be like, oh yeah, revenge. You into that? And I was like, uh, well, clearly I've got I've got a patch on my ass. Well, you say that the amount of time yeah. we've had people asking for t-shirts at the beginning of the gig and then mm. not actually gone to the gig. <laughs> really? It's the holy trinity: fierce animal, drinking reference, swear word on a t-shirt. Don't have to like the music. <laughs> actually, I reckon of all the like random items of band merch I own, the one that's gotten the most compliments is I've got one of the big badges that's the get pissed, talk shit, dance like an idiot. And people go, oh, what a great, what a great badge. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> our, our friend Jim, who came to Denmark, did us some brilliant T-shirts. Yeah. Um, and gave them as well. We're over there, all in there, Danish. Get pissed, talk to you, dance like an That's not <laughs> Danish. <laughs> That's not Danish. I'm they not were translated. But the Danish version yes. of that statement, yeah. I saw, uh, I think I saw a photo of you with it, Matt. Like, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, what a nice gift. Is that yeah, Jim who beautiful. also, did he smash his face in over the weekend? It, well, at the time it happened, it wasn't known as this, but it has since become known as getting Jim Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> when you fall off a pyramid and have to go to hospital. <laughs> when you've travelled all the way to Denmark to see him, he, he didn't want to leave. <laughs> No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the injuries we've seen in pyramids as well. It's. Uh, that, I mean, that's the first time anyone's been to a hospital. Isn't it? It's almost <laughs> James Domestic's had to have an operation. What? It's almost <laughs> as if they're fucking stupid. <laughs> what? What did James Domestic say? He did so to his nose, didn't he? And he had to have an operation. Did he go? Does he work as a teacher as well? Did he go? Did he not? Wasn't there a story he, about he went into work and? got sent home or something oh god I just realised I, I, I thought, thought he worked for I thought he worked for some sort of pyramid scheme oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not even the beginning <laughs> so like it's, it's, it's so true though like you've had um, I, I've seen so many pyramids in my time but so many of them have been at your gigs like is that a thing that you started? I question this. I don't yeah. know. We can't have been. No, no I don't you can't be the first, surely. I, I remember the first, we did that Ignition Festival, and I remember Steve Lafferty saying he'd seen a pyramid at a gig, and he was like, we can do it way better than them. <laughs> and then we did like a, a massive pyramid at, in the basement, a retro bar, and then it just kind of carried on after that. Yeah. Didn't one of them in Denmark sell the gig as the founders of the pyramid? Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the Egyptians can take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I think, um, <laughs> if you speak to it. <laughs> well, in... Oh, Jesus. I'm going to take that mic off you. <laughs> I, de- I definitely did a human sphinx last year at Pyrace for... I think it was the crash mats that did that, and it wasn't... I wouldn't call it successful. Um, but a we human did, what, sorry? A human sphinx. What, okay. what does that entail? Well, you kind of had, like, four people in, like, a square kneeling on the floor, as you would with 
like the start of a pyramid but with a gap in the middle and then you kind of got a group on top of that and then someone on the front is like the head that's good um, I want a pyramid of pyramids at all that's well did you see that one in um, Alborg it was like an abstract it, sculpture <laughs> I was like what is this like, they were trying to do a human Toblerone and they uh, for some reason <laughs> Idiots got it wrong. <laughs> oh no! Have you done? Uh, you you've done like a pyramid of death, like a pyramid wall of death. Oh, yeah, two cool. yeah. craw- uh, two pyramids crawling towards each other. Yeah. That sounds like a really bad idea. Yeah, that's always been quite yeah. The, the greatest <laughs> photo that I've ever seen is the collapse of the pyramid wall of death. <laughs> oh yeah! Did you do one at my wedding as well. Would be one in Castle New. Surely. Yeah, we did. And we also did one at our friend Adam's wedding, which was his wife is German, and it was a pyramid wall of death with the English party on one side and the German <laughs> party on the other. And it was like aunts and uncles. In it. <laughs> that's fantastic. There's only four English there as well, so. <laughs> that's, that's a strong pyramid. <laughs> well, no, a pyramid's got to be done. But yeah, I mean, the last show, we've got to have some pretty serious antics for that. That's going to be... We're putting a disclaimer in the in the. We're doing a little program and it's going in that if anyone hurts themselves, it's their fault. <laughs> well, of course it is. Yeah, it's definitely not yours. Yeah. Why well, um, you say that? <laughs> I know you must have seen some injuries over the years, though. Though I think I was a bit worried about you earlier this year when you jumped off the fucking um, like the PA at Manchester Punk Festival I at the end of your set. I promised myself not to do that again. <laughs> You, you finished your set, gave, gave your brother the drumsticks to finish it off, and he jumped on the top of a PA and then jumped off and then I hobbled around. Have you guys suffered some serious injuries from gigs over the years, or have you gotten away all right? Oh, I did a similar thing on one of our first tours, actually, and broke my toe. And he didn't learn? No. No. <laughs> first gig of the tour it was as well. <laughs> I woke up one morning at a festival with a giant hand. Still don't know what that was. Yeah, it wasn't mine. <laughs> just as, <laughs> you just had a giant hand. Yeah. Like, your hand completely swollen you've up. You've had some serious mosh pit injuries, haven't you? I have, yeah. <laughs> I broke my thumb at one. Right. Yeah, that was completely normal as well. It was a very small girl came careening towards me. She put my hand out to catch her. Yeah. But she just landed entirely on my thumb. <laughs> Good. And break your thumb. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Only one gig, though. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really need your limbs to play these things. We've only pulled out of what two or three gigs, I think. Ever? Over the years. Yeah. So, yeah. And one two or three for injuries, and like one or two from broken vans. Actually, only one from broken vans. Yeah. And no. we could have maybe made it there, but. We well, decided to drive back to Manchester only being able to use second and fourth gear. Was oh, I know, it's two from Broken Vans, isn't it? We missed one in Holland. And oh, we yeah. were going to try and do that one. And we were like, well, we haven't got an indicator because the electrics have gone, but you can stick your hand out the window. And then we realised we couldn't get the window down with any electrics. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just the indicator. At one point, I'm sat in the van. And I start the van, and it's going fine. Everyone's piling in, shut the doors. And I don't know why... I can't remember what it was, something, I needed to turn the engine off, so I turned yeah. the engine off, took the key out, and I just looked at the others with the key in my hand, and I was like, guys, and they're like, what, and the key, and like, yeah, what, I was like, the engine's still running, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not supposed to happen, <laughs> the van's just really keen, <laughs> <laughs> so we're driving back, right, I managed to get it in, we managed to get the van going, but there's no electrics, no lights, nothing, middle of the night in, where were we? It was in, uh, 
The Hague, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the whole Hague, whatever. Um, yeah. And we're driving along, and no lights, I think, right? The hostel's only, what, a 10 minute drive or something. We'll yeah, get yeah. There and sort out in the morning. <laughs> right. And we're driving along, and then the police car starts coming towards us, and I'm like, oh shit. For some reason, the lights worked on full beam, even yeah. though all the electrics had gone. So like, he blinded the police. I was like, that is not going to be any better than not having the lights on. <laughs> but in my head, I'm thinking, do what the member says, do what I say. <laughs> and then just flashing the police. <laughs> Andy turned the lights on. <laughs> but anyway, oh, that's good. That's a that's a nice bonus. For Although them. when we did then get to the hostel, we're thinking, right, we'll sort this out in the morning. Let's yep. just get the bags out the back of the van, get some sleep. We'll get the van sorted tomorrow. Went to open the back of the van and the door wouldn't open. Oh fuck! If you're gonna break, <laughs> break <Yeah>. twice. <laughs> Which we found out when we went to the garage the next day to get fixed that the reason the back door didn't open was because a rucksack had fallen down onto the catch the lock mechanism the yeah. door, which is why if you ever look in the back of our van now there's a roll of gaffer tape around the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the catch I yeah. think we literally we had this last weekend and my rucksack yeah. was stuck in the back and you couldn't open the door the, the, and um, you were like oh the lock device fell out and like a roll of gaffer tape just falls device, on the floor yeah, roll of gaffer tape <laughs> yeah. the, the wall earth and princess diana stickers in the van is purely aesthetic really the only reason we've never got a new van <laughs> <laughs> that where, where have all the Princess Diana stickers come from over the years? Is there a sticker well, they were all in one or? pack. I bought them off eBay when I was really drunk. <laughs> and then I completely forgot about it. Right. And then it arrived in the post. I was like, oh, what, what have I bought when I'm drunk this time? <laughs> and then um, it was, turned out it was the best thing that anyone's ever bought ever. You're missing <laughs> Yeah, it did say uh, in my eBay history, complete set of Panini Princess Diana stickers. Well, it didn't say Panini. I was just eliminating Charles. Charles was involved. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, um, it said it was a complete set, but um, it isn't. No. And I'm very upset about it. Do you know it. what you're missing? Well, there's this one where Charles and Diana have got William and Harry on their knees. Right. And it's like, a, you know, when on the Panini stickers, you get ones that have got four stickers to make it up. Only got the bottom half. <gasps> now, that would be a strange... I haven't got the album, so I don't know how they fit in the album. That We're assuming it's not a full set, but yeah. maybe it just goes off the edge. Maybe there's a picture in the Panini book, yeah. Who knows? Um, so you guys also seem to have a slightly odd obsession with Mr. Blobby. What's odd about him? Just... <laughs> <laughs> everything <laughs> I don't know I mean I know that you guys have got a couple of years on me but to me Mr Blobby isn't someone like I, I remember like Noel's house party and stuff but to me Mr Blobby was the thing that they had a theme park near my house right yeah, we they used to turn up and scare play. small children we almost got to play that theme park yeah, they were going to we had a chat about it a while it. back, didn't yeah. we? We were in Ipswich and we were talking about that. Pleasurewood Hills in Lowestoft, where they still have Mr. Blobby as a, a character who comes out and entertains three or four times a day. A saint. Yeah. In fact, I'd like to say that's the only time I will ever consider reforming this band is if we get to play Mr. Blobby London. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now shut down, right? <laughs> How did... said you didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do want to play Mr. Blobby London. <laughs> How did the blobby thing come about initially? It, it's weird and a long story again, you'll be shocked to hear. So, um, when I was a child... What you really do now is ask Andy what his first ever gig was. <laughs> oh yeah, well my first ever gig was the Radio 1 Roadshow with Mr Blobby and the Bee Gees. That, that, 
But is anyone right? So Mr. I went Bobby to that. Was your first ever I was like yeah. <laughs> so I was about thirteen or fourteen, yeah. an awkward teenager. My mum was going, "We're going to Radio One Roadshow." We were staying at my, my uncle right. had a shop in Exmouth. Yeah. My uncle also ran a market stall that sold ceramic animals, which I worked on for a bit, and um, also slept <laughs> so, in a van so while oh, selling. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Back, whoa, 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 back well, up a minute. Back to <laughs> hold on, no, 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 so, no, no, no. You used to sell ceramic animals for a living. Well, no, not for a living. And I was fourteen. Not, <laughs> and there's not a range of Revenge of the Psychotronic Man ceramic yeah, animals. My uncle used to have animals loads of different jobs. So we for a bit, he did the market. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I remember <laughs> you doing that. We are very strange people. Aren't we? <laughs> you had the plastic sausages as well, didn't you? <laughs> what? I don't know which story to tell first, man. Right, so when I was 13... <laughs> I'm just going to show up. My uncle had this shop and, um, in Exmouth and um, he sold like ceramics and stuff. So yeah. me, my mum and me and my brothers went to stay in Exmouth and um, we went to a Radio 1 roadshow yeah. and I was like an awkward teenager and I didn't want to go but Mr Blobby and the Bee Gees were on and then people at school used to go, what's your first gig? And I used to be embarrassed about it and then I got to about... 20 and I realised that my first gig was better than everyone else's definitely <laughs> but yeah my uncle then his shop shut down so he got this van and just went and did markets and he was selling like like you know like shit ceramic animals on a cliff and stuff like yeah yeah a dog's face crafted into a rock <laughs> so I just went and did the markets with him over summer when I was off school and we slept in his van and then just sold ceramic animals and mugs with swear words on <laughs> right and nothing much has changed apart from adding a few songs. You <laughs> never got the mugs, man. Never got the mugs. <laughs> so, yeah. Ones, so, yeah. All so of Mr. this now Blobby, makes so much more sense. So, Mr. Blobby actually... So, my little brother asked for the Mr. Blobby album for Christmas one year. Yeah. And my dad got, like, a video camera for Christmas. So, he filmed us all on wrapping our presents. And my little brother's, like, 11 or something. Yeah, and he gets it. He goes, "Oh, I think I know what this is." And he unwraps it. And it's a Mr. Blobby cassette, and he kisses it, and holds it to the camera, and goes, "Ah, oh, yes, Blobby." <laughs> so I always used to go on about Mr. Blobby every time I saw my brother. Yeah. Because of this video, and then we end up watching loads of it. And we're like, "This is absolutely ridiculous. What is it? How was this primetime TV?" And then, and then we just got a bit obsessed with it and then it ended up being so I made this Mr Blobby t-shirt design and I was never going to do it it's hideous and I was never going to put it out no. and then I put it online for a joke one day and then loads of people <laughs> they sold like hotcakes <laughs> and then we ended up selling about 200 Mr Blobby t-shirts <laughs> and now it's almost your logo on so many like gig posters and stuff like that there are times when I regret the idiocy <laughs> <laughs> are there? Yeah, I was going to say, it's your your selling point, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, that t-shirt design is is hideous, but when uh, Mike Avery wore a Mr. Blobby costume at MPF, and then... Yeah. Because I put, uh, for a fake MPF announcement, I put, we've got Mr. Blobby. Yeah. And some people actually thought, (laughs) we've got Mr. Blobby. So so when we played... uh, the after show at MPF, we got Mike Avery to come out in a Mr. Blobby costume. I as remember. If the first band of the after show was Mr. Blobby. Which Mr. Hong was actually upset about because he was now being Mr. Blobby. If you're late for your Blobby appointment, you don't get to be Blobby. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for being late. Well, uh, <laughs> let's play another song. This um, is uh, Mr. Blobby's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Why not? I was thinking possibly, Matt, um, what time is it? It's uh, it's fucking booze time. (laughs) 
was Booze Time by Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. Probably Sick. your your anthem, I would say. It's become a clock. It's on many a wall of a venue. I think it's the hit single. <laughs> the hit single. <laughs> the hit single. Would I be right in saying is that one of yours, Matt? Yes. Can you can you talk to me about the lyrical inspiration for that song? I was on the tram going to the recording studio and realised they didn't have any words. <laughs> so uh, so there you go. It's not a. Great story. <laughs> but uh, in deciding that you needed some words, you thought, it's fucking booze time. Well, yeah. Oh, I was really hoping that someone just asked you what time it was. No, no, no. Do never do such a thing. <laughs> no, Although we did play with bangers in Holland, and um, yeah. they um, asked Matt what the time it was, and he told them the actual time, and they're so disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time we'd ever played with them, weirdly. I'm sorry, bangers. <laughs> we'd never properly met them before, but no. I'd seen them play. And I'm stuff. a constant source of disappointment. <laughs> I, we, we were in Ipswich the other week, right? And there were people yelling for booze time, and everyone was just answering. Or what, people were yelling what time it is, and there were at least four people going, "Oh yeah, it's about it's about half past nine. Um, I think Revenge are about to go on." Uh, I mean, to be fair, it's yeah. quite easy to miss the joke with us, but <laughs> that's one of our less subtle ones. They just played twice in Alborg, and I still started it wrong the second time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mid- Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. <laughs> Charles and Mike Midgets ran across stage with the clock. And <laughs> He's a fucking head case, eh? <laughs> but he always knows the time. Because <laughs> it's fucking booze time. Yeah, see, I've got the clock in my room, but I've discovered that it ticks really loudly and it keeps me awake, so I've just had to keep it on, like, just... It's on like 11.20. Yeah, well, it doesn't want you to go to sleep, does it? Because you won't be able to drink. Because it's fucking waste time. <laughs> I, I've still not moved the clock back since last week. <laughs> no. I've got a Just watch on that's on the wrong time and I keep thinking I'm late. <laughs> still says the same time. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your podcast, but I wanted to take this opportunity to do a little bit of completely shameless self-promotion. At the beginning of February, I'm putting on the first ever Shout Louder Fest. That's going to be at Gulliver's in the Northern Quarter in Manchester, and we have an absolutely storming lineup. It's a full all-day show with hopefully a dinner break and some games and stuff thrown in as well. But we've got Faintest Idea, Fair Do's, Nosebleed, PMX, Aerial Salad, The Burnt Tapes, The Human Project, Goodbye Blue Monday, The Effect Heuristic, and Follow Your Dreams. I've kind of tried to mix it up, so there's a bit of skate punk in there, there's a bit of like gruff melodic punk in there, there's a bit of scar in there as well, like there's a little bit of everything. That's taking place on Saturday the 2nd of February, which coincidentally is also when I turn 30. I don't really want to admit that I'm getting older, but... I do want all my mates to come out and party with me, which is why I thought, right, I'll book all my favourite bands, put everyone in the same room, and we can all have the best party on the planet. Please come party with us. You can get tickets um, from the Anarchistic Undertones website. You can get a link through that on the Shout Louder Fest Facebook event. In the meantime, I'll let you get back to revenge. If you were retelling this to your grandchildren, what wouldn't they believe? I mean, apart from all of it, ever, but, you know. Uh, Rolf Harris in the service station. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? That was immediately after we'd done our Made of Ale interview. Yeah. When I was just sitting in the car. But well, you, we did it on the phone in the car, didn't we? Yeah. It was over the phone we did the Yeah, interview. so, yeah. Oh, right, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're on the way to a gig, and yeah, they course, said, yeah. all right, we'll, we'll call you. So we pulled over at services and then did the interview in the car. Andy went for a piss before we pulled off, and then as 
we were waiting for Andy to come back. Matt's like, that's Rolf Harris there. No, 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 no. Come on, Is come on, not? come on. I was going into the services. Yeah, I was still in the oh, car. Yep. I see now. I do remember this. No, I'm not even. It's got crescendo. I was going into the services. Rolf Harris was coming out, and this was at the time when he'd been accused but not convicted of right. all his nonsense. I was still on team Rolf at this point, <laughs> and I got to the stage where I just opened my mouth to go, Rolf, I still believe in you. I got to. Ooh. And he fixed me with a look, and I was like, fuck, he did it. <laughs> oh, my God. Satan lives in Harris. <laughs> he looked at you with the eyes of Satan. He did. He uh, they, they flashed with pedo fury. It was, <laughs> it was very unpleasant. This is entirely unrelated and completely irrelevant, but my old office used to be opposite the Crown Courts in London, right? Um, and when I say opposite, I mean, like, we were this huge, massive building with plate glass windows down the side and from out the front you could see the crown court and all the tv and stuff like and i went to make a cup of tea one day and there's all these like cameras down the bottom on the floor and i'm looking over from like the seventh floor like looking at the floor and there's rolf harris walks out like just as he'd been convicted. it's not totally unrelated then is it really <laughs> well it was related it? but not <laughs> i guess what i mean is it's not related to He's event He's <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't related to revenge, was it? But yeah, I was like, oh shit. So I actually saw him get like dragged away in like a police van and stuff oh, yeah. after he'd had the uh, proper like conviction for it. Well, he went to prison in Stafford where, where I'm hmm. from. And um, some people Rolf I went is... to school with were putting, we don't want Rolf Harris in our town. I was thinking, he's in a prison. He's in a prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, and if he escapes, that's the safest person to escape because you're going to recognise him. Can you Whereas tell all the others you? are in there. You don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's gone they've got a we'll punish Rolf Harris we'll send him to Stafford <laughs> which to be fair <laughs> I like the way they think <laughs> death or Stafford death or Stafford you just made him stay in the train station <laughs> four in the morning sort of updated Cromwell you know Ireland's on the way up now isn't it <laughs> shall we um, play another song before this goes any further downhill um, <laughs> Um, I'm thinking a boot scraper cover actually I think that might be a good time how did that first come about you, you guys have had quite a long relationship I'll give you a clue weird in the context of many weird things I had a dream that we did this no you never <laughs> like whilst I was asleep not like an ambition and then um, <laughs> and then I said to Martin Tim Lowe when we were pissed I went oh, I had a dream that we covered each other's songs and he went let's just do it excellent and we did well you've done quite a lot of work with sort of Tim Loud in recent years as well yeah he did a little uh, cassette EP that was fun wasn't it oh yes so we went on tour with Tim and he went I didn't even remember this we had this night in Amsterdam and he went are we still doing that tape I was like yeah <laughs> well apparently we agreed to do a, a tape where we wouldn't write any songs before like the week of the gig and then me and yeah. Tim and Matt would all loosely write a song and we'd go down on Friday learn the song finish writing it record it on Saturday mix it on Sunday we never got to the mixing on the Sunday but but yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> so, so we tried to write. We had a night in Amsterdam that we don't remember. And it resulted in an EP. <laughs> and now <laughs> we have a tape. <laughs> so yeah, this lad um, in America, Tommy, who's really sound, he um, puts out he puts out cassettes basically. I mean, what and are you called the? No time for fun. Yeah. 
So he just saw, like, we were recording with Tim, and he went, I really liked Tim Loud, and I really liked Revenge, I'll just put it out. And I was like, you've not heard it yet, mate. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit weird. I, In the context of many weird things, this is, this is up there. <laughs> I really but, enjoyed that. Well, yeah, it was dead good fun oh, doing it, wasn't it? But you kind of had a song each. Like, you sort of had a song, you had a song, and Tim had a song. Like, and, yeah, that, I, I really liked it. But we're not going to play a song off that. We're going to play a Bootscraper cover. Captain yeah, Jin? so so when we did we did a split with Bootscraper um, where they covered our songs well, and we it? covered their songs, and um, basically they made our songs good and we ruined theirs. Um, <laughs> and this one they made particularly good, I think, because Captain Jin is just like a really short, thrashy song. We don't even play it, you know, and they turned it into. I love it. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's <laughs> the sound of Cassie's brain. Yeah. Yeah. I was given that man when he was at school. Not, not in a Harris way. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, it this, wasn't it this uh, split that they said was uh, part to do with them splitting up originally as well? <laughs> Trying to cover our songs. What, they attempted to that annoyed them that much. That. <laughs> can't make this good. <laughs> We've not really been very good for each other, have we? No, I mean, we should never have got involved with that loud character. <laughs> Basically, it's our fault that Beach Scrape is spoiled. Well, you we say that. We, we're all going to see him tomorrow, aren't we? I think. We are, yeah. Which obviously won't be tomorrow on the podcast, but Keep tomorrow. About that. I've got a spare ticket. Oh, bollocks, that won't work, will it? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah. Okay, so let's play a boot, scrub, a boot scraper cover of a revenge song. We're going to play Captain Gin. Well in the 
was Captain Jin, the boot scraper cover of your song. Uh, probably a slightly better version of it, no offence. Um, yeah, it's quite a lot better. <laughs> no offence whatsoever. <laughs> we, can, we can live without it. <laughs> um, there's no real lead in here, but there is one story. Like, you guys have got so many fucking tour stories that I've heard over the years, but I have a particular favourite, which is the time that you went to Chester Zoo. Um, which I believe you told me at like two o'clock in the morning in Ipswich once. Yeah, it's, a just... st- it's a strong story. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we said, isn't even a revenge story necessarily, more of a TNS story, but please yeah. do share it with we, us. There was a load of us went out to Jilly's Rockworld. Many good stories, though. Yeah, which, yeah, it's always, <laughs> a good, it's always a good start to a story. Aren't they doing a redux soon? Is that a thing? That's, that used yeah, to be old it's club, so, right? It's, it's Saturday, isn't it? It's well, but we didn't get we tickets, get tickets so Which is annoying, really, because I was looking forward to dancing to Counting Crows at seven in the morning. Oh, no way. You know, there's nothing actually <laughs> stopping we you from doing that. that yeah, it's true. It is Big Ant's birthday, so uh, can we, we can not? do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, we're in Jilly's, and then um, me and Bev and Phil Mackay, who used to come on tour with us, where he came to Denmark. Swapped from my spot at Denmark. Yeah, and um, Max from the Kirks, and all a lot of good stories start with Max from the Kirks. Of well. course, who has we're, his own podcast, yeah. which I feel I ought to name drop because I actually really like it. It was yeah, called Rock Radio, great. bitch, and now it's called Bane of My Life. Don't tell him that. That's no, he's, he's he good. We, me and Max recorded a podcast in this room. I know, I've listened to it. <laughs> Many a stories have started in this room. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we went back to a flat I used to live in and um, had a few more drinks. And um, Phil Mackay yep. used to have this thing where he'd ask, the, ask a taxi driver what the biggest animal they could take down with their bare hands was. <laughs> now, Phil is a vegetarian. He doesn't, right. it's a hypothetical thing, we hope. We don't know. He doesn't he's not going to eat them, is he? No, he's <laughs> just going to batter them. <laughs> so anyway, he said to this taxi driver, what's the biggest animal or whatever? And um, Phil went, I can take down a giraffe. And the taxi driver's like, you can't take down a giraffe. Well, if you lasso its legs. I know, well, Phil's got all sorts of... We could go on forever with the stuff, <laughs> okay. the ways Phil can take down a giraffe. They're all nonsense. But actually, there is a revenge version of the story as well. We'll, we'll come to that at the end. Oh, in, yeah. in Amsterdam. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, so... We would go, Phil, you can't take down a giraffe. You're talking, talking out your ass, mate. So um, he went, I'll go to Chester Zoo now and fight a giraffe. So I just <laughs> phoned the taxi company and went, how much is it to Chester Zoo from Presswich? It was like four in the morning. They went, 50 quid if you play up front, pay up front. I was That's like, not bad. £12.50 each. <laughs> and Max from the coach went, please, please, can this happen? Nothing ever happens in Macclesfield. And Bev went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then Bev just got his... point knowing that it was He was like, happen. Max, just sit down, it's going to happen. Well, Bev just has a sense of acceptance. Like, <laughs> I've but, seen the look of acceptance on Bev's face so many anyway, times. Phil got a sleeping bag, Bev got a bottle of Jaeger, so make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we tried to go there, and Phil was obviously having sort of second thoughts. So rather than going through with it, he decided to abort. So um, <laughs> threw up in a taxi. Um, That's one way of aborting. In, on just outside limb services, taxi driver went. We got to limb services. He went. You're not. Yeah, you're not going to Chester <laughs> unless you pay another fifty quid. And Do you really, it was nerves. <laughs> maybe. 
Did you have to pay the soilage job? No, we'd refuse to pay it because I got all obnoxious. That would have still been cheaper than paying to get to Chester. In hindsight, me being a gobshite backfired in this instance. So I was like, oh, fuck off there, mate. See you later. And then, um, to cut a long story short, um, we slept at uh, limb services and so we could talk someone into picking us up. So the giraffe... the sleeping bag because he's won then. <laughs> the giraffe is fine Phil is fine it's all good but then we went to Amsterdam um, on tour and um, Roy from um, Black Volvo yeah. <laughs> and now Batwolf went I can set you up a conflict a bit of a jewel with a giraffe Phil we'll sort this out a jewel with a so, giraffe <laughs> sorry so, who in their right mind says I can set you up with a jewel with a giraffe yeah, Roy from Black Volvo <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um, why are you questioning this and then Phil shit out again he said um you lot are not backing me. He's got all his mates around him, which were some zebras. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, um, it's a donkey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Phil's never, never been beaten up by a giraffe to this day. Congrats, Phil. <laughs> and I think he thinks that's a victory, but... I, I mean, I think it probably is, actually. Yeah. Like, have, have any of you been beaten up by giraffes? I've, I've seen a documentary where um, they're trying to move giraffes to a different part of um, this park. Yeah. And they have to stun it, and it took about 20 people. They, it's already stunned, it took about 20 people um, to bring it down. Yeah. And Phil went, they didn't use the right technique. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are people who work in an actual park where they're conserving the wildlife, and they're trying to, and he was like, yep. Yeah. You guys have been a band for a long time now. How did it first... You've talked about how you were McGraw and then you became Revenge, but you've been through quite a few different versions over the years as well, right? There's been different members and things like that. How did the current lineup come to be? It was very early on when Matt joined, to be fair. And not we also had Dave for quite a while, Matt's right? trumpet, but Revenge became Revenge when Matt joined. You can play Matt's trumpet. It, um, Steady on the after bar when you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he already did. It's more. For, <laughs> for a lot of years, me and Andy were just trying to speed everything up. Sorry, you guys in revenge have tried to speed things well, up. Well, you were just like, all sort oh, of abstract this, speed. speed. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fastest <laughs> band on the planet is trying to speed and things up. And then when up. Matt joined, he was like, yeah. We can do this. <laughs> Let's get faster. I did tell you when I first joined the band, I am a tiny little Hitler and I will be on your case constantly. I wasn't lying, was I? <laughs> Just trying to make things faster. And, and better. <laughs> um, so Notice the other two didn't laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you how did you cross over? So who was in the band before sort of Matt joined as well? So uh, basically, when McGraw split up, there was me, Big Hands, Dave, and Adam, and um, we all lived in different places for ages and managed to make it work. And then all of a sudden, three of us were in Manchester. Adam wasn't, so we were practicing all the time, and then it just became increasingly difficult. Um, and we'd always like McGraw was dead important to us, and um, we didn't want to carry on without Adam. It wouldn't have no, worked course, without yeah, him. Yeah. He was. Um, you know, massively important to it. So we just decided to start a new band, and then, and when we decided to start a new band, we had all these ideas of how we'd do it. We wanted to tour more. We wanted to 
fuck off ever sending a demo anywhere. We wanted to do it our own way. We wanted to just get bands we liked from different places to come and play for us, do gig swaps. We didn't want to, we just wanted to do it in a way that at the time we thought was a good way to do it. And we then, basically did a gig with a band called Three Decibels Down. I remember them. When we were in McGraw. Three DBS, yeah. We were watching them play. Were they on after us? I think they were on before us, weren't they? Christ, what happened to them us? as well? But we were watching them play and we were just like, better than us <laughs> well, you just realise if you want to be a touring band you need to get tighter you know and so we we started Revenge on the back of McGraw and then we started TNS at the same time and um, we were doing gigs and fanzine and stuff and we were like, like we don't you know we, we've obviously all of us in Matt's previous bands as well we've had these periods where you'd like you'd play certain gigs because you thought it a step on the ladder yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. when you're kids you think and then we got to like sort of 24 years old and we were like that's bullshit let's just try and do it our own way we didn't see DIYs like this what it is now we, we just were like why would you pay, play a gig for someone where you have to sell 30 tickets and you give them 4 quid for every ticket and you take 1 quid for a ticket yeah. when you can put on a gig and it can be free in and you can get bands that you want to play with and some people will come because it's free and, and we were never asked about getting some money why would you do that so we we started doing all this stuff then you know we started meeting people for doing that so Liam came along to a gig and yeah, he was yeah. like do you want a second guitarist and he joined and then the first tour we did we met Bev because Bev was Liam's mate from home yeah and um he was like uh, my mate Bev will drive us um, that's how we met Bev he drove oh, our nice. first tour he's your driver huh. and then um Matt was living with Liam at the time, so we met Matt and started playing with Gizmo, who Matt's old band. And then um, when Liam left, after the 100 pint challenge, 100 pints in 10 days, he went, this band's becoming more about the drinking than the gigs. Sorry, 100 pints in 10 days? <laughs> but, um, it's yeah, harder Liam, than it sounds. No, I'm doing the maths. <laughs> 10, a, 10 a day. Yeah, but how, how much, mm, yeah. It seems easier. No. Ten a day's fine. Supposed to have if you have a week off in between. You know, Liam went on to do his own thing and did it really, really well with the hyperjacks and stuff and still making music now. Um, but when Liam left, because um, we knew Matt through all of that scene with Gizmo and stuff, Matt yeah, of course. took over and then, then we, yeah, and like Big Anne says, we really become... The beautiful union that is revenge. Well, I think, like Big Anne says, I always wanted to play fast stuff. Um, Big Anne's always wanted to do what I told him to and, <laughs> and then Matt came in and, and now we learn the dynamics you know it was quite interesting before because you had different slants musically of yeah. what you'd want to do but me and Matt just kind of clicked musically straight away because we liked the same bands and wanted to play the same sort of stuff yeah. so it well, just became more coherent there's a thing we've always had when we write songs is these two come to practice with songs and we'll be like right let's how, how can we make and this you work you do what let's they say whatever <laughs> To a degree, <laughs> but there's always, do what we say. There's, there's always a point where we're kind of like, I don't know if this is working. Do you want me to just play it faster? <laughs> and then it kind of works. <laughs> well, you guys must be one of the fastest bands like around. I don't know. What I mean? Well, you're known for playing insanely fast. It doesn't feel that fast. Do you think if you slowed one of your songs down to like a regular pop pace, that it would last three and a half minutes? 
I think that's I think, <laughs> I think that's why Revenge works quite well though, is because although it's ridiculously fast, it's got a lot of hooks in it. It's, it's got very a lot memorable. Of, yeah. There's there's songs to it. It's not just someone twatting the shit out of something as fast as they can. Well, we were talking. It is that. You play super fast, but we talked about this in like the van the other day. Like uh, you can have a much techier band that plays really fast, but does a lot going on. But you guys have really memorable choruses and really memorable hooks. I think that was. Really you have shit you can shout along to. We we like pop music, don't we? <laughs> we like we like pop music. We actually well, genuinely listen dance, to pop yeah. music. <laughs> we like yeah, we like. We like dance music. But mainstream like music is shit, right? That's, yeah, that's part of the deal. There was a tongue it's in the cheek. It's actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> it was great in the 90s. <laughs> uh, okay, if you could pick a mainstream song to cover that you don't, what would you go for? Um, well, I don't know if it would be mainstream, but we've been talking about this recently. I'm really disappointed that we never covered uh, End of the World. Did you know it by R.E.M.? <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be a piece of piss. You'd have to fucking sing it, dear. R.E.M.R. The love of God, man. <laughs> I think that song's <laughs> made for us That's to cover. That's all Rhymes shit, man. <laughs> right, bollocks. Let's do it. <laughs> We've only got four weeks. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we can play a song that's a different version of something, though, uh, and this. It's a little bit of a sad one though, because I think we should play the Tim G version of Beer for Breakfast. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on that? Well, yeah, Tim produced loads of our early stuff, and um, Tim's always been, he was the first person to really get what TNS was about. He like used to record loads of bands for really cheap. He had a studio that was funded entirely by debt, but he always <laughs> had his, his way of, he wanted to do it. and. Um, so many amazing recordings recorded by Tim. And um, we always had this thing, we always partied after we recorded and we were all into dance music and stuff as well, so. Well, he recorded a huge amount of TNS stuff as well, right? Yeah, yes. shit loads. Yeah, like so many bands from the TNS crew. And, and for wider than that as well, like loads of bands that, just from the DIY scene in general, not just punk bands. And right up until recent times as well, he did the aerial salad and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but we always used to like listen to dance music and stuff. So Tim made a dance remix, which we're about to hear, uh, Beer for Breakfast, which now, the first night we heard this, me and Big Hans went to a party at the studio <laughs> and he, and he um, said, oh, I've started doing this remix. And um, <laughs> there's this thing called the Sunday Drinkers where people down a bottle of wine. So I decided that would be a good <laughs> right, idea. Okay. I was so drunk. I just fell over. <laughs> but there's this video <laughs> and it's got the first mix of the Beer for Breakfast remix. <laughs> right, okay. It's about 10 seconds long. Yeah, 15 seconds just, long. I'm just a disgrace. <laughs> play it again, Tim! Play it again, Tim! <laughs> it's never been seen in public. But yeah, obviously, um, we had some amazing times doing all that. But really sadly, this year, Tim passed away. And, um, you know, um, just kind of really important to Acknowledge everything he's done. Really, <laughs> he's I done amazing it's things. And really important to recognise him. Yeah. And uh, I think the day that he passed away was the day I did a podcast with Jamie from Ariel Salad, and we talked about him a bit on that. But we had to cut some of it out because we were both getting a bit upset. It was <laughs> like, a really sad story. Like, we when we said we were knocking on the head and we let's do the best of us. The one that well, I say best of, we've said this before. It was the best of or not, but the last album, Andy actually got the album and wrote a letter to him and sent it to him and everything and it got returned in the post because he <sighs> died in the time that went oh over and it gosh. was just like fuck's sake but yeah Tim was a big part of it early on yeah of course um, yeah. 
That's so mm. lovely song. Yeah. Play the song. <laughs> now, no, see, I, I don't, I don't want to discredit you, but also, um, and you know, I, I kind of hope the podcast listeners agree here, but I think this is the best song of a lot. I think oh, this yeah, version of it. Is <laughs> I think Tim's version of it, his dance version, is better than anything you've ever recorded. It's fucking amazing. It is incredible how many people go, "You're going to do that live?" Again, what do you want? You're just going to yeah. play it, and it's then we'll the do best, a dance. Happiest thing in the world. And I'm glad I'm never going to know the one thing that we learned when we went to his funeral. <laughs> amount of times <laughs> that he re-recorded people's bits of their album. <laughs> I'm, I know, I'm, I'm really pissed off with him. I'm really pissed off with him for re-recording my synth bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... To Tim G. <laughs> there you go. To Tim G. Wake up, you pissed off all alone. In a strange country where the fuck is my fuck? Lazy recollections of the night that we say Tim G remix of Beer for Breakfast. Thanks very much for letting me play that, guys, as well. Because honestly, I think the dance version of that is amazing. Like, it's, <laughs> that, that it's so fucking good. Is yeah, but like, literally, that is one of the best revenge songs in the world. And I feel bad because it is a remix of one of your own songs. So, apologies for Basically, discrediting got, all of your songwriting. <laughs> we've got some ideas, but as soon as someone takes our idea that. They make it better. <laughs> as soon as Tim G goes near it, it becomes amazing. While we're, while we're on the radio, if anyone's got any offers out there, I'm going to be without a band in about five weeks' time. If there's any <laughs> shit dance 90s act out there that wants a really crap fast drummer, <laughs> I'm your man. 
Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um, Never has there been a truer <laughs> I've just gone on Facebook. There's an advert. <laughs> that, that won't work because the mic wasn't turned on in the previous conversation. We, we like to joke about Facebook in between, but um, that's, that's a good point, though. What are you guys going to do now? That, like, this has been 15 years of your fucking lives. What are you going to do now? I'm basically going to sit at home every weekend. Play with your cats. Have nothing to do while Kaz is off touring. Well, Kaz is now in a band. band. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this we, is what's known as payback. Do we want to do we want to plug that on the podcast? She's in a band called Follow Your Dreams, which is what three fifths of Rising Strike plus cows. Yes, yes, cows. and it's pretty fucking exciting. It's actually really good. I'm really it's excited really about really it. Good. Like, it's actually really good. It's actually really good. Cows keep saying to me like, "Is it good? Would you tell me if it's shit?" I was like, "No, it is good." Yeah, no. Like, well, yeah, but you've got to say that. No, but it is good. They, you should put one well, of course, I fucking, I fucking am. That's why I said what I, I know. Said. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. No. But I mean, they they started talking about putting a band together in like January uh, because not not because of like bad things, but because Rising Strike. There were some of them who wanted to be more active, and then Kaz wanted to do some stuff as well, and they started to get together. And I remember seeing like the amalgamation between those two things like working together and it's been really exciting since January but none of us have been able to talk about it until now so they're starting a brand new band and yes I am putting them on in so February <laughs> and we get, to, we get to do our one and only gig together at Pyrace yeah you guys get to play together at Pyrace Andy you're putting them on at MPF I'm putting them on on the 2nd of February in the pub that we're currently recording in as part of my birthday which Very I haven't plugged good. on the podcast yet, so Very you know, good. thanks for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? What we're going to do? What are you going to do with your lives? So you're going to drive your missus's band around? No, no, no. In I'm the just sit van. No, are you are not going to drive them around in the van? No, no, no. Okay, right. You can sit <laughs> home. You can sit at home. I've been driving she... these dickheads around <laughs> in the van for the last fourteen years. I'm <laughs> not going to go and do that. So they're going to go out on tour, <laughs> and you can sit at home, drink red wine, and look after the cats. Exactly. What I'm going to do is quite what boring. What more could you want? So I'll go next and then Matt can tell you his exciting things because he's got bands lined up. <laughs> so I'm actually going to have a rest for the first time in my entire You can have a lie down. I stop being in bands until like 17. And, um, you know, me and you have been in bands longer than either of us have not actually been in bands. Yeah, that's terrifying. Ooh, so that's I, like the closer like, to 40 uh, than I 14. Like going right. to art galleries. I like going to FC United and I'm going to do those things. Yeah. And I'm going to stay in my house and watch some weird films and look drink. after I'm your cats. I'm going to drink wine. Yeah. And me and Joe are going to have a great time. And it's then two weeks later, up. you'll try to join a band because you've been bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going hey, to no, make, you've, uh... I'm going to genuinely make myself have time out. You think he's going to be bored? You've got TNS and MPF to and keep you busy. True. But I, I genuinely feel like I need some time out from playing music. And music has been the biggest thing in my entire life, and I don't regret a second of it, but I do need some time out. I think it will be good for me. And I think that's allowed as well. Like, it's yeah, okay I to mean, have a little bit of time off. That's all right. Like, you know, yeah. you can work really hard no, at something. I'm looking forward to having some time out. I'll, I'll miss this. I will. But, but it's okay. Yeah. Whereas Matt, on the other hand, has got Matt, what are you doing? things lined up already. <laughs> I've got two new bands. <laughs> yep. Two new bands? Oh, yes. I knew about one. What have you got going on? Uh, I'm going to be playing drums in a crusty hardcore band where I'm the only one without dreadlocks. That's very good. What's that called? Dissidents. Dissidents? Yes. And who else good. is that with? Well, yeah, I can't have dreadlocks with me, can I? <laughs> oi, 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 oi. Bob's bald. He's got dreadlocks. <laughs> um, uh, who's that with? 
Uh, that's with Bob and Fleck from Vitriolic Response and cool. Andy from Skitbald. Nice. We did a demo on Monday. And nice. Did you actually manage to do a demo on Monday? Four tracks. I did every single one of my drums in one take without hearing anybody else because I am the fucking boy. <laughs> so you're playing drums in Dissidence? I am. Right. And yep. what's your other band? I'm playing banjo in an as yet unknown project with Andy Dazzler. Brilliant. Yep. That's fantastic. I'm so glad. The similarities in them two projects. (laughs) But no, 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 no. That's okay. You you know, sure, we might know you as a guitarist, but I know you as a banjo player because one of the first occasions that we met, we hung out. I crashed over in your house. We parted quite hard. I woke up in the morning, you know, say seven, eight o'clock in the morning. I woke up, kind of curled up against a wall, and you were playing banjo at me. (laughs) <laughs> well, it wasn't just you, you know. <laughs> that was a big room, you know. There's a lot of people of my... to play banjos at in there. I mean, we were there with Beat the Red Lights. There were probably eight of us, I think. But, you know, I, I, I also made being... you all a banging breakfast. You did make a banging breakfast and a banging curry beforehand as well. Multitasking. I recall mate. this. I think it was you the first year of MPF. Yeah. It was pretty. <laughs> no, that wasn't yeah, breakfast. This speaks that was to dinner, you, doesn't it? it? You know? that, was, that was a 3 a.m. You guys dinner. never come and stay, exactly. People are going to absolutely love the banjo stuff. It's absolutely. Oh, well, is it, demos already. Matt so is good. absolutely amazing on banjo and that was my point is that <laughs> you are incredible on banjo and we all want to hear it you should hear me on drums I heard you were doing some stuff with Tim Loud as well is that a thing? Uh, yeah he's going to be the bassist in the banjo band Ooh. everyone's mixing around Dude, yeah. You yes, can have a stand-up bass and a banjo. You're just going to stay home to <laughs> Oh, no, I want to call it... We've been listing names of chickens for ages, like, but they're all just the names of chickens. Yeah, there's a McGraw. Here <laughs> oh. you go. Motherfucker. He's nailed it. So yeah, I was just going to go with, like, a... I, I was just going to go with a cock joke. Can you not be Revenge of the Psychotronic Chicken? <laughs> no. Never fit on a Mark <laughs> Um, right, so you guys... Don't egg him on. Oh, oh no. We've got a whole ten minutes of Stop no. joking. Without me cracking you up. Oh. <laughs> Someone take the mic away from me. Um, so you guys have got your last gig quite soon. You're doing your last ever show at Rebellion in Manchester, which sold out in August? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you need to do if you want to sell out a 450 cap venue. Just Break up. up. Make everyone feel guilty. Actually, uh, Tree did a podcast with us recently, our friend Tree. Uh, and one of his valid points was that he thinks bands should only do their first and last shows because they're the best, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm now thinking of what our first show was. So we've just already spoken about like Kaz's first show is going to be fucking amazing right and your last show is going to be fucking amazing so our next month is filled with crackers it's going to be very good um but you have got your last show planned yes there is a lot about the last show that is secret yeah well basically we um we bought rebellion Mm -hmm. which is an awesome venue and we were like we'll um We'll get a load of support bands. We've been a band for 14 years, so we thought it'd be quite nice. We worked at times, we thought we can fit 14 bands in, um, 14 support bands. So we were like, well, let's let's do that. They'll all do 20 minute sets. And then we were sort of like, some of those bands would probably fill that venue quite easily. So we were like, we kind of want people who we've been friends with over the yeah, years to you, be able to get the tickets. And we you want people to come for you. We are, so let alone our mates. So we thought, 
we need our friends to be able to get the tickets without a load of people who, you know, don't really necessarily care about revenge getting all the tickets to see one of the sports. So um, we got these bands lined up and we were like, well, if we're struggling to sell out the venue, we'll um, start announcing them. And then obviously we sold that ridiculously <laughs> quick, which we weren't Well, expecting. no, you did really, we really well. Totally blown you know. away by that. Um, it happened while we were at Pornacola, didn't it? Yeah, like, no. The post come through and it was just like, actually, oh, there's only 50 tickets left. Oh, do you know what, what made me realise it? Um, was that we were at Pornacola together and I think on the Tuesday we were looking at it and going, oh my God, there's this many tickets. And I recorded a podcast with Dan Flanagan. And Dan Flanagan and I were like, oh my God, there's 50 tickets left. And the next day it sold out. I think it was we, that day. Yeah. I think it was it that was day. Because we were, we were stood together when it sold out. And you went, holy fuck, it sold well, out. It was but, the night before I went, yeah. me and Joe went to Barcelona. Did you do like, Boomtown? Yeah, we'd done yeah. Boomtown. And then me and Joe went on holiday to Barcelona. I was like, Joe, I'm sorry to be really annoying. But I think it's going to sell out tonight. I've got a check. <laughs> so I've got a check. I've got a check. Watching <laughs> them come it's like, and she was like, well, obviously that's exciting. Enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then they sold out at about 10 in the evening and I was like, okay, I can enjoy my whole day now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, yeah, we were totally blown away that yeah. it sold out. Um, so we're now not going to announce the support bands until the night before. So basically we're doing a t-shirt with the lineup on the back and then we're going to post them out on the Monday. So anyone who's yeah, yeah. the t-shirt gets to see the lineup first. And then obviously so making schemes till the end. <laughs> We're not right safe public the enemy. And yet you just and might, might yeah. break even, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like so people will find out on the fr- the night before unless they bought the t-shirt, and obviously we're trusting everyone who bought the t-shirt to not reveal it on the internet because they're nice people. And then, <laughs> Is that going to be included in the like dispatch note? Yeah, they do. It's not even on the internet. Can I, I wear it? <laughs> can, can I throw one into this? Which was that um, I think it was back in February we did a gig in Wigan, right? That was for Emma's birthday went over oh, there yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was a booze bus on the way back where we all sat there and got pissed on the bus and Big Ands you told me the entire lineup. there's no way I remember it this was back in lineup. February no this was back in February no this is back in February well no this is what I'm about to tell you is that um uh, you know, occasionally people think that because, you know, I'm in the press and things like that, I might know things and, you know, I might know who the MPF headliners are or I might know who's playing or I might know who's doing this or I might know who's playing the Revenge last show. And the fact is, you did tell me all of the bands that were playing your last show and do I fucking remember? Do I fuck? Good, because I called it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did he say about Public Enemy? Because that was a bit of a coup. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I remember certain things, but obviously I've not told anyone either. But, you know. Um, but so we're going to tease everyone till the end. We're going to announce who's playing the night before, and then um, we're gonna, not going to announce the run order till the day. So Good. on the day, that's like um, what you did with Mike Wong's going to be comparing everything. Of course, I don't know what to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, mate. So he'll he, have a word. <laughs> so when a band finishes, Mikey will come on and go and. The next band has played with Revenge 22 <laughs> times and this yes. since 2008 and whatever and then so say this is who's on and then they'll come on play their set and this whatnot. band is very famous. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that, that's how it's going to work. I think that'll be yeah, exciting. Yeah. So you won't know who's playing until you're there. So you have to get there at the start. It's public anyway. Look, we've been doing this for 14 years, turning up to gigs at the beginning to watch the support band. It's about time you hold in the fucking tent. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that. that's exactly what you did with the TNS tour a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you didn't announce the lineup till the day. And, I and that worked really, really well. Actually. It was fantastic. I mean, the first night that I came to was Cambridge, I think. Was that the first night? Yeah. Well, that's 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 the first first night, and you yeah. opened that, right? This is yeah. it. Everyone turned um, up to watch one unit and. Occasional nights, this I came to watch Robin. <laughs> 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 what was that band called the other day that we played with in Bristol? Where if we hadn't been there dead early, we wouldn't have seen them. The, uh, the synth guys, oh, some materials. Oh, there oh, we go. They, they are amazing, and that just highlights what That's we've what said from well, the start. The, the lesson here like, is turn up early. Like, we played a gig, like, we were headlining, we got there from the start. Because Ill Gotten Games were opening and there are mates. Well, we would have got there from the start anyway, but we wanted to see Ill Gotten Games. We Ill watched fans, every we single match. We got there before Ill Gotten Games. <laughs> yeah, we did actually. That's what we But then we, there was two bands on the lineup we'd not heard of, yeah. and Martyrials were one of them, and we were all just literally jaws dropping. Absolutely amazing. You've literally you've always got to turn up early, like yeah, particularly. And, and I'd never heard of them, and and now like. <laughs> Like, I, I'm going to tell everyone to listen to them. They're amazing. <laughs> they were... The main thing is, though, your last show, let's face it, your lineup is fucking amazing. But you haven't announced all the other bands, nor are you going to announce all the other bands. But have you got some other cool stuff that's happening that you can tell us? We about? are We are going to announce one band, aren't we? And it, the name of the band is still <laughs> up in the air. Maybe your um, listeners can decide. So it's either Revenge of the All Stars or Revenge of All Stars. Or All Stars of Revenge? Yeah, well, we can throw others in. All right, fine. More options. Great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now I'm an All Star. No, not that much. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, so basically, we're going to do a set in the middle of the day, which is all the people who've helped us out over the years and played for us and stuff. So so um, our first guitarist, Dave, is going to do a few songs. Liam, who played guitar for us for a couple of years, is going to do a couple of songs. Tim Loud, who we did, the, obviously, the Boot Scraper stuff. Yep. And we did the, the EP we talked about earlier. It's going to do a couple of songs. And um, Tom, who's Big Ann's little brother, yeah. Um, little hands. Little hands. He's gonna do a couple of songs <laughs> with us, and then we have a, a huge brass section doing the one scar thing we did, which features members of <laughs> everyone. Everyone. Face that here, red light, um, lead shot hazard. Who else? Public enemy. Public enemy. Um, <laughs> the hot eight brass band. Yeah. So you have your all-star so, set. Yeah, that's going to be our so all-star have, set. I think there's 37 people playing in your all-star. So I think you have something along the lines of like ex-members of Revenge plus all the extras yes. doing Revenge yeah. songs. Are we allowed to mention the thing that all the other bands are doing that are playing? Ooh, yeah. that's a good question. Well, I don't know. Are we allowed to mention that? I think you should. Yeah. Anyway. We basically, all the bands that were playing, not only did we ask them to play for as cheap as they possibly could, because there's no way we could Well, of course. Don't mention yeah. that. <laughs> but no, so right, like, when you were at this gig, just throw a few extra quid into their merch store because they're doing this for a big, big favour to get this line up. Yeah. Except I don't think you could possibly get this. Pounds. This line up for £10 is a fucking steal. It is ridiculous. Really, it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, we basically said to them, all right, you're only allowed to play if you cover a revenge song. So you're going <laughs> to get to see that 14... <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get to see 14 bands do a revenge song each. What I like is um, 
obviously I've spoken to you guys and I knew that the bands who were playing were doing revenge covers which is fucking fantastic but what's been really funny is watching them argue about who gets to do which song oh well we started a thread because we right, you must have right, been privy to this, this yeah. and then we dropped out of the thread and we're like we don't want to know and yeah. Kaz has ruined it for me because she's oh, told no, me what one of the bands no. is doing by well accident. I know that like, but I've not told these two so I've, it's only I, me that I know knows. a few things about that I know, I know a rough few covers of that I know a couple of the bands are recording the songs aren't they yep <laughs> which is really but there's a really few that humbling. have recorded them and they've done revenge covers and it's fucking exciting to hear what they're doing to be honest like it's going to be really good fun I mean, yeah it's really the thing well, is I don't think an EP's in the works but I think it should be like, a few of them played Big Anz and Kaz's Wedding and did um, revenge covers and that was it's really weird well we've had the Bootscraper covers and then we had the dance remixes and then we've had um, you know the bands playing Big Anz Wedding yeah, doing yeah. remixes it's really weird hearing someone else interpret your music, but <laughs> it's kind of really special as well. Oh, it's nice too. But yeah, the all-star set, that's kind of, we thought it'd be nice to announce it on this. So Dave, Liam, um, Tom, um, Tim Loud, and then all the brass people. Brass <laughs> <laughs> people, not actually made of brass. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be really lovely, and we're gonna make Bev shout some it and Phil and stuff. It'd be right. lovely. Um, well, it's been really nice having you guys on the podcast. Now, if you have one last message that you can give to fans of Revenge of the Psychotronic Man, what would it be? Why? <laughs> I, I just like to say a genuine heartfelt. Like we started this band as a, a shit little punk band playing thrashy songs. And we had an idea of what how we wanted to do it and what we thought was good and and how you should treat other bands and how you should treat people going to the gigs. And we've really tried to stick to that and we're not saying we're perfect in any way whatsoever, but we, we, <laughs> we really tried to, to do it in a way that we thought was a nice way to do it. Yeah. And um, thank you to every single person who's ever got behind that. And all the people who've come out to support us at the last gigs, it absolutely blows out silly little minds we can't believe how much love we've had from our friends you know so thank you just thank you it's really 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 nice. say chocolate oranges were available at Rollins <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone else to say that <laughs> but yeah, if everybody wants to get there for 2 o'clock public enemy will be on outside <laughs> of course public enemy will be on well you guys have made in my opinion an enormous difference to the scene in general to punk music in the UK, which I imagine as quite a small band feels like a weird thing to hear, but it's true, you have made a massive difference, whether that's bringing up other bands with you, or whether that's putting on your own festival, or starting your own label, or just continuing to play again and again and again at venues across the UK and across Europe. You've done a fantastic job, uh, and I think we should play one song to play us out, which I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, fucking booze time. Oh, no, no sorry. We've done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's never fucking booze time. So it's called Rose Celebi. It's an ode to. Yeah, this is such a pretentious way to end this. No, it's an ode to Marcel Duchamp. That's why I did art. <laughs> you didn't write this one, did you, Matt? So I did art at uni, and lots of people got into politics through politics. But I got into politics through art, I guess. And um, Marcel Duchamp is like the original punk so it's like an ode to Marcel Duchamp and it's yeah. about like challenging I'm gonna drink your in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> challenging everything around you trying to think for yourself it's yeah exactly but this is Rose Sylvie a toast to life yeah
Exactly. <laughs> Is that really how we're going to finish the podcast? Hang <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> up! from Revenge of the Psychotronic Man. They're a band who's really going to be missed and in all honesty, I think that the UK DIY scene is going to be a much worse place without them. As you heard there, they always turn up. Like, you know, every single show they play, they always get there first and they always leave last. They put loads of money behind the bar, which is exactly how you support a venue a lot of the time. And they really, really, really appreciate and admire the bands that they're watching. They're some of the most fun people to hang out with. And yeah, honestly, I think that not having them around is going to be a really, really sad thing. However, as you heard, you've got one last chance to catch them. I'm hoping that I'll run into a few of you guys who are listening at the final show on December the 8th. Do come and give us a shout. And as ever as well, if you've enjoyed the podcast, then please do give it a like and a share on social media or give, uh, well, give us a review as well. That's an option. Um, (laughs) But also subscribe on whichever podcatcher you use. Any help like that really helps more people to find out about the podcast. And that's really all we want. We just want more people to hear us rambling, getting drunk. Well, as they often put it, getting pissed, talking shit and dancing like idiots. Again, we're greatly going to miss Revenge. And I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to sit down with them and record this and really learn a bit more about their workings as a band. Thank you so much to you all for listening. Give us a shout as always. And as ever, we'll see you down the front.